Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomena, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, the X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exone Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember X-Zone Nation, keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. Thank you for taking the time to listen. The subject for today's show is haunted aircraft, starting with alleged hauntings following the crash of Eastern Airlines Flight 401. Before we start getting into details, let's just briefly talk about psychic insight and how we apply it. We choose a subject and research it, and based on that research, we determine what we think needs to be explained by creating a series of questions. Then Justina provides psychic insight to answer those questions. The Psychic Insight is narrated towards the end of the show. Accepting the Psychic Insight is a question of individual belief. Now let's go through the disclaimers. Here are the disclaimers. Neither of us claim to have any expertise in any subjects that we discuss. We relate information we find through research and the Psychic Insight. We are always delighted to hear from the listeners. The show only lasts an hour. We don't have the time to present exhaustive research on any topic. This means that there will be information that we miss. We want to provide a basis for the psychic insight. We don't care if a theory turns out too good to be true, as the show name suggests. We are only interested in finding out more of the truth about topics. Spirit can only relate insight that is appropriate for our time in history. Free will cannot be affected. Only comments that are appropriate for our time can be given through the psychic insight. Much of the subject matter in shows may have already been covered many times in other media. We want to look into subjects in a new, different way and be thought-provoking. We're not so good with pronouncing names, we apologize. And neither of us have any particular knowledge of aircraft or airlines. If we have misstated anything, we apologize. Eastern Airlines Flight 401 was from New York JFK to Miami, 
departing at 9.20 p.m. on December 29, 1972. The aircraft was a Lockheed TriStar with 163 passengers on board. The History's Mysteries website describes the initial malfunction that led to the disaster. The, flu the, sorry, the flight crew was headed by Captain Bob Loft, while the second officer was Don Repo. Quote, Flight 401's chain of problems began on the approach to Florida two hours after departure. The aircraft, a Lockheed L-1011-1 TriStar jet, seemed to have an issue with the front nose gear. The signal inside the cockpit had not illuminated as it should have. Despite the crew's attempts to lower the landing gear, the signal that it was down and locked failed to appear. Loft abandoned the landing and informed air traffic control of the issue. Air traffic control put the plane into a holding pattern over the Everglades. On board the aircraft, all members of the flight crew worked solely on their problem. With the autopilot engaged, the malfunctioning light was dismantled by two members of the crew. The third repo used a porthole to try and get a visual on the gear. It was quite possible that the landing gear was in the correct configuration. The lack of confirmation from the interior landing light signal so consumed the entire crew's attention that none of them noticed that one of them had inadvertently switched off the autopilot. Worse, none of them noticed that the jet had been steadily losing altitude. Perhaps that may not have been made, perhaps that may have not made much difference. Outside of the aircraft, there wasn't much in the way of visual cues and city lights were non-existent, unquote. So with no autopilot and lights on the ground to show the descent and the crew's attention focused elsewhere, the plane was not under control. The situation was recognized all too late. The History's Mysteries article continues, quote, the crew did finally notice the situation taking place, but nowhere near in time to, to prevent the inevitable. Flight 401 crash landed into the Everglades at over 200 miles per hour. According to the National Transportation Safety Board, NTSB, the main fuselage broke into four sections and many other smaller pieces on impact. This killed the first officer instantly. Burning jet fuel engulfed the aircraft as it plowed through the swamp. The aircraft disintegrated, scattering wreckage over an area approximately 1,600 feet by 300 feet wide. The NTSB also reported that 67 passengers survived the carnage and 94 perished, as, two, as did two of the cabin crew. Captain Bob Loft survived the impact, but was so severely injured that he died during the rescue efforts. Don Rapo survived long enough to reach the hospital, but he also, provide, also proved to be too badly injured. The disaster of this flight still remains as one of the worst in American aviation history." Unquote. 200 miles per hour is about 320 kilometers per hour. 1,600 feet is approximately 490 meters, while 300 feet is approximately 90 meters. When did the hauntings begin? Were they at the crash site? That is what is really odd about this story, is that the strange sightings were associated with subsequent Eastern Airline flights with, of course, different aircraft. The article continues, quote, not long after the devastating crash, stories began to emerge in the Eastern Airlines community of unexplained encounters with some of the crew from Flight 401. Flight crews and passengers and other similar aircraft in the Eastern Airlines fleet 
came forward with stories of sightings of Bob Loft and Don Repo. At first, witnesses reported nothing more severe than standing in the aisles, occupying the galley and, and cockpit. Reports began to take on much more sinister overtones, at least in the eyes of the witness involved. This witness, a female passenger, described an ashen-looking person sitting on one of, in one of the seats. She described him as dazed and unresponsive. She was so worried about his appearance that she summoned an attendant to investigate further. The man vanished before their very eyes and those of several other passengers. The original witness was so so was so was so distressed that several of the cabin crew had to forcibly restrain her. It took a while, but the female passenger eventually calmed down. She was shown photos of several of the flight staff and she picked out Don Repo. This was not the only sighting registered. Another flight was being subjected to pre-flight checks when Bob Loft was spotted wandering around the undercarriage. Loft even spoke to the ground crew, insisting that no checks were required as he had already done them. The pilot of this flight was so unnerved by all of this that he canceled the flight, unquote. This, this is sounding very hard to believe especially as telling weird stories may be career-limiting in the airline or any other industry. But the stories continue as follows, quote, Captain Bob Loft oft is often earmarked as a notorious subject of this haunting, but the truth is that Don Repo is far more active and more regularly witnessed. One time, a working flight attendant insisted that she saw an engineer working to repair an oven. When word of this reached the only engineer on board of that particular flight, he denied ever fixing the oven and went as far as to say that it didn't even need fixing in the first place. As in other reports, the flight attendant selected Repo's photo from a choice offered to her. Another pilot, another pilot on another flight was seriously concerned when he heard knocking coming from beneath the cockpit itself. Worried that something was wrong with the aircraft or one of its systems, the pilot opened up the compartment trap door. Imagine his surprise when he came face to face with Don Repo. Surprise turned to horror when Repo disappeared before the pilot's eyes. Undeterred, the pilot investigated further and did find a problem that may have caused a serious accident if it went unnoticed. Repo seemed to have a knack of turning up in the oddest of places, unquote. Were there any other reports of either ghost appearing? Yes, there were other accounts. Here's another example from the same source. Quote, a crawl space between a cockpit is one thing, a galley oven is quite another. An attendant of a TriStar 318 was so shocked to see Repo looking back at her that she called, uh, uh, she called all other members of the cabin crew to confirm the sighting. The flight engineer on duty during this flight was a personal friend to Repo and instantly recognized the face as, the, as that of his deceased friend. According to all present, Repo then warned them about a fire on board. At the time, not much was not much notice was taken. Later on during the flight, though, problems with the engine all stemmed from a fire that no one knew about. The final leg of the flight was cancelled as a result of this fire. Unquote. So it seems like they just wanted to help. There must have been sufficient witnesses for the airline to take the story seriously. Yes, even an Eastern Airlines executive was among the witnesses, according to the History Mysteries uh, article. Quote, Witnesses include pilots, various other members of Eastern Airlines staff and their passengers. 
One other witness has also come forward with a similar story that adds validity to the other simply because of who he was at the time. Bob Loft appeared before the vice president of Eastern Airlines in first class. The pair conversed briefly before Loft faded from sight. At first, the VP just assumed that, the, that this was the captain of the flight he was on. Many of the accounts share similar characteristics. When either Loft or Reaper make an appearance, they tend to be lifelike and look like just another person. More than a single person has often been present at the time, whether by accident or design. One curious aspect of these sightings is that people always saw one another, one or the other. Loft and Reaper have never been reported on the same flight by the same witnesses at the same time." Unquote. How did this all end? Eastern Airlines isn't a company name that I've heard of. Eastern Airlines went out of business decades ago in 1991, but the history, History's Mysteries article might provide the answer. Quote, another link between the sightings and the aircraft involved could be the corporate decision to use undamaged parts of Flight 401 and other jets in the fleet. Some believe that Eastern Airlines cannibalized and reused pieces of the wreckage in other airliners. But I think we have to go into the break, Justina. Yes, we'll continue after the short break. And you're listening to Too Good to Be True with Justina Marsh and Pete Marsh on the Exxon Broadcast, Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. It's hard to listen to the news without realizing we're living in volatile, unprecedented times. Yet never has there been such an opportunity to transform the human condition. As old structures fail, where can we find the guidance to co-create a better way? Find Your Path Home is an ever-evolving, leading-edge information, education, and healing resource center designed to support and guide you on your path to unity and enlightenment. Based on sound principles employed by Shaman Worldwide, we provide techniques that can support you through the current transitions, offering online shamanic classes, international long-distance shamanic healing sessions, complimentary Mission Evolution radio episodes and Stairway to Heaven TV vignettes, seminars, retreats, and much more. All of this can be found on findyourpathhome.com. So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens and they kept repeating to me over and over again, Simultv.com, Simultv.com. What's Simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean Simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. 
SIMULTV.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a SIMULTV.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night, I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about SIMULTV.com. She even spelled it out for me. SIMULTV.com, Sonny Boy. SIMULTV.com. SIMULTV.com, Sonny Boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. SIMULTV.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about SIMULTV.com. SIMULTV.com. Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. Before the break, Dad, you're quoting from the History's Mysteries article about the Eastern Airlines. Can you please continue with the quote? Yes, the quote was talking about uh, reusing pieces from the wreckage uh, of the of Flight 401 and other airlines, uh, airliners. The quote continues, If this was true, then perhaps they recycled more than just aircraft parts. Officially, Eastern Airlines denied anything was wrong with their aircraft or personnel. At no time would officials of the company allow or condone any attempt to investigate the reports. While all of this was very much in the public domain, Reports circulated that aircraft engineers quietly removed any materials that they had reused from the crash. The sightings apparently stopped once this was all done, unquote. Is that the end of the story? Not quite. Similar sightings were reported to have occurred on Lockheed TriStar Airliners on a competitor airline, Transworld Airlines, TWA, which is also no longer operating. Apparently, parts the, from the crash flight 401 aircraft could have been supplied to TWA. So all the sightings appear to follow parts scavenged from the crashed aircraft. I think it's time to move on to the next story of alleged haunted aircraft, which is the Raisin Hell, a Boeing B-29 Superfortress located in the Castle Air Museum in Antwater in Central California. The aircraft has an interesting history as described by the Weird California website. Quote, 3,970 B-29s were produced. 22 are still intact, preserved mostly at museums. Three, B-29, three B-29s were involved in the creation of Raisin Hell. The, tw- the B-29s involved include 44-61535, the tail, 44-84084, the wings, and 44-70064, the fuselage. The three aircraft were discovered and brought over from China Lake Naval Weapons Center, with the wings actually being airlifted by helicopter over the mountains. The three planes were reassembled at the museum into the restored plane that you can see today, the Raising Hell, unquote. The China Lake Naval Weapons Center is also located in California. So what is so spooky about the museum piece? The Weird California article continues, quote, the Raisin Hell is an appropriate name for you see it's haunted. The spirit has been nicknamed Arthur, and at times it certainly feels like he is raising hell. Before it even arrived at Castle Air Museum, while it was still at China Lake, it has been reported that a heavy pressure bulkhead hatch complete with broken pinges banged open and shut multiple times all on its own. But the disturbances only grew more varied after its restoration. Hatches have been reported opening and closing all by themselves. 
Although there were no bulbs in the sockets, the aircraft's landing lights have come on by themselves and without power. Although they are locked in place, the propellers have been seen to slowly move all on their own. Knocking has been heard in the fuselage and the co-pilot window has been seen mysteriously open and then suddenly just as mysteriously closed. A worker was busy in the cockpit repairing things on the aircraft when he was asked when he asked his friend to hand him a wrench. A wrench was placed in his hand without him looking at his friend and he continued in his work. It wasn't long though before he realized that he was actually all alone in the cockpit and his friend had been outside the plane the entire time, actually visible from the plane's window. But most ominous is that multiple times a strange solid like shadow has been seen moving around inside the cockpit. Who it is or what it is hasn't been determined. Lastly, the nearby building has sadly suffered from strange battery failures and unexplained power outages. Who is Arthur and why does he still haunt the B-29 Raising Hell? Did he come with it, one of the three planes that the Raising Hell is comprised of? We may never know, unquote. That's unspooky enough. Somebody or something that has been called Arthur apparently wants some attention. But what is the next story? The next story is a little different. What appeared to have been ghost planes were sighted in Derbyshire, England in 2018. The Mysterious Universe website in an article from March of 2018 describes the events. Quote, the Derby Telegraph, a local Derbyshire news agency, reported the story on Tuesday, March the 27th. According to the Telegraph, they have been inundated with reports from citizens across the country who saw one or two grey old-looking planes flying strangely and frighteningly low to the ground and making no noise, unquote. What is the official response to those reports? The Royal Air Force commented that the planes were two Hercules C-130s on training exercises from the local Air Force base. What have eyewitnesses reported? The article includes four eyewitness accounts. Here's the first, quote, I was driving with one of my colleagues when these two aircraft flew really low from right to left. I saw the first one go past and bank over and I thought it was going to crash. But then the second one flew past and then they vanished. It was really weird to be honest." Unquote. Here's the second quote. I saw two planes like this on Monday night as I looked out of my bedroom window. They were so low that I thought they were going to land near here or crash as, near, as nearly touching the tops of trees and houses. I was shocked as I couldn't hear them at all when, and then they were, they were gone, unquote. Here's the third. I was walking through the village and I saw two big planes which seemed to be chasing each other. They didn't seem to be making any noise, which was unusual, and they were flying really low. I was scared at how low the second one was, unquote. And finally, here is the fourth quote. I think it was a Hercules. All we heard at first was the engines. It was about 6.45 p.m. when we saw it flying really low over Derby Road, unquote. Flying low with no noise coming from them, as mentioned by two of the eyewitnesses, is rather weird. But is that the end of the story? No, what makes the story all the more interesting uh, is that the March 2018 sightings are just the most recent ones. The same article puts them into perspective as follows. Quote, this is not the first time ghost planes have been seen in this part of England called Dark Peak. 
Derbyshire has a long history of ghost plane sightings and mysterious airplane crashes. Very similar sightings to the 2018 occurrences occurrence are regularly reported. Many describing ghost planes simply vanishing and a Douglas Dakota did crash in the area approximately 70 years ago. Strangely, on March the 24th, 1997, almost exactly 11 years before these sightings, a plane was seen in the act of crashing into a moor. 100 search and rescue volunteers and police were assembled, but no wreckage or any other trace of the plane was ever found." Unquote. A moor is similar to a hill, but usually associated with poor soil quality, resulting in wild growth of vegetation. I think there's more to these incidents than the authorities understand or are prepared to admit. We have time for one more story. Our final story describes Lady Be Good as a World War II bomber that crashed in a desert in Africa. The Wikipedia article begins as follows. Quote, Lady Be Good is a United States Army Air Force B-24D Liberator that disappeared without a trace on its first combat mission during World War II. The plane, which was from the 376th Bomb Group, was believed to have been lost with its nine-man crew in the Mediterranean Sea while returned to its base in Libya following a bombing raid on Naples on April the 4th, 1943. However, the wreck was accidentally discovered 710 kilometres, 440 miles inland in the Libyan desert by an oil exploration team from British Petroleum on November the 9th, 1958. Investigations included that, concluded that the first time crew failed to realize they had overflown their base in a sandstorm. After continuing to fly south into the desert for many hours, the crew bailed out when the plane's fuel ran out. The survivors then died in the desert trying to walk to safety. All but one of the crew's remains were recovered between February and August 1960. The wreckage of the Lady Be Good was taken to a Libyan Air Force base after being removed from the crash site in August 1994." What was unusual about a tragedy that took nine young lives? Wikipedia describes the scene when a recovery team from an airbase made initial trips to the crash site on May 26, 1959. Quote, Although the plane was broken into two pieces, it was immaculately preserved with functioning machine guns a working radio and some supplies of food and water. A thermos of tea was found to be drinkable. No human remains were found on board the aircraft, nor in the surrounding crash site, nor were parachutes found. Evidence aboard the plane indicated that the men had bailed out. Records in the log of navigator Lieutenant Hayes, who was on his very first combat mission, ended at Naples, unquote. That sounds a little unusual for a plane to be that functional that had crashed 16 years before. You would have thought that blowing sand would have prevented the machine guns and radio from working. That is not quite the end of the story. Wikipedia is clear that the Lady Be Good had a legacy. Quote, after some parts were salvaged from the Lady Be Good and technically evaluated, they were reused in other planes belonging to the American military. However, some planes that received these spare parts developed unexpected problems. A C-54, which had several autosyn transmitters from the Lady Be Good installed, had to throw cargo overboard to land safely because of propeller difficulties. But I think we'll have to continue with this quote after the break.
Yes, we'll continue after the short break, and you're listening to Too Good to Be True with Justina Marsh and Pete Marsh on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xcbn.net. here and they've been here for thousands of years making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jennings, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God, and finally, After the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand, live streaming events from around the world, interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today, Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Welcome back 
it's a too good to be true. And before the break, Dad, you were quoting from Wikipedia about the Lady Be Good and its legacy. Yes, I'll continue. A C-47 that received a radio receiver crashed into the Mediterranean. A U.S. Army de Havilland Canada DHC-3 Otter with an armrest from the bomber crashed into the Gulf of Cedra. Only a few traces of plane washed ashore, and one of these was the armrest from the Lady Be Good, unquote. With that ending, Zadash saying that the Lady Be Good had a misleading name, it's time for the first question. Starting with Flight 401, did the Lockheed Tricer jet have an issue with its front nose gear, or was the interior signal light not illuminating the actual malfunction? The single signal light not illuminating was not a false alarm. There was an issue with the front nose gear. Why did two of the crew dismantle the thought-to-be malfunctioning light? They thought that it would fix the alarm and didn't realize that could do more harm than good. How did the autopilot inadvertently become switched off after the plane was in a holding pattern over the Everglades? That was an electronic malfunction, so something went wrong electronically and switched it off. So it wasn't human error? No. Why wouldn't there have been an audible alarm that the aircraft, by steadily losing altitude, was closing in on the ground? There was an alarm. Okay, so they didn't react to it? Correct. How far off the ground was the aircraft when the crew noticed that the crash was about to occur? They were pretty far up, so they knew for a while that the crash was going to happen and were trying to figure out what to do. Was it something of a miracle that 67 passengers survived after the flaming aircraft disintegrated? Yes, very much a miracle. Was it on the life path of some that they were going to survive? Yes. Not long after the accident, did sightings occur during Eastern Airlines flights with similar aircraft with, Bob, with Captain Bob Loft and his second officer Don Repo in uniform standing in aisles or occupying the galley and cockpit? Yes, that's true. Why did the ghosts of Bob Loft and Don Repo make those strange appearances? They wanted to check on other flights because they felt so bad about their flight that went down. So they were trying to keep the other passengers safe. Did an ashen-looking person, later identified as Don Repo, sitting in a passenger seat, worrying a passenger by looking dazed and unresponsive, suddenly disappear in front of several witnesses? Yes. What was the ghost of Don Repo doing in that passenger seat? Again, trying to protect the aircraft. Did the ghost of Captain Bob Loft during pre-flight check-in wander around the undercarriage of an aircraft informing the ground crew that he had completed the pre-flight checks? Yes. Why did the ghost of Bob Loft think it was necessary to complete the pre-flight checks? Again, going back to safety and checking to make sure everything was safe for the future passengers. Did the pilot have prior knowledge of sightings or did he recognize Bob Loft in becoming so unnerved to cancel the flight? He recognized him and that's when he was in shock. On another flight, why did the ghost of Don Repo work on an oven apparently to repair it? Again, to try to be helpful. So trying to do what they can and make things right from the previous crash. Did the oven need repair? Yes. On yet another flight, did the ghost of Don Repo knock from within a compartment trap door in the cockpit 
alerting the pilot to then disappear. Yes. Did the pilot then find a problem that if it re remained unnoticed could have caused a serious accident? Yes. Did the ghost of Don Reaper warn of an unknown fire on board a flight with a TriStar 318 aircraft? That's correct. Did that warning prevent a serious accident with possible loss of life? Yes, 100%. Why did the ghost of Bob Loft appear and talk with a, with a vice president of Eastern Airlines in first class for just a routine discussion? Just to check in and see how things are going. How could the ghost look so real that the vice president of the airline thought he was talking to a real person? Basically a lot of energy. Some ghosts and apparitions, if they put enough energy into it, they may look more real than ghost-like. Why were the appearances of Bob Loft and Don Repo normally in front of more than one witness? Since they wanted to seem helpful, so they didn't want to scare anyone, and so they wanted to be more friendly. Why weren't the ghosts of Bob Loft and Don Repo reported as both appearing at the same time by the same witness? Basically because they hardly ever appeared at the same time, so it was easier for them to appear one at a time. Were similar sightings of ghosts of Bob Loft and Don Repo reported on some TWA flights with Lockheed TriStar airliners? Yes, but those were much more rare. What were the ghosts of Bob Loft and Don Repo doing on the TWA flights? Wouldn't their Eastern Airline Airlines uniforms have stood out? They were checking in again on the passengers and basically continuing their jobs after death, so making sure that people were safe. Were undamaged parts from the crash flight 401 Lockheed TriStar reused in other aircraft in the Eastern Airlines fleet and also another aircraft in the TWA fleet. Yes. Was the use of these parts in other aircraft connected with the appearance of the ghosts of Bob Loft and Don Repo on those particular aircraft? Yes. Did Eastern Airlines staff quietly remove any parts that had been reused from the crash of Flight 401? Yes, they did. Did TWA staff do much the same by taking the reused parts out of commission? Yes, they also did. Was removing the parts from service the reason why no further sightings occurred? Yes, and unfortunately the ghosts were trying to help, so they meant nothing bad to any of the passengers or crew. How did the ghostly sightings follow the parts from Flight 401? There is an energetic connection, you could say, so they felt so bad about the plane going down that they were still partially connected to those parts. So in a way how a ghost can haunt a house they passed on in, and so they were haunting the airplane they passed on in. So they were connected to these physical pieces on the earth, meaning that it was easier for them to show up in these aircraft. Have similar incidents also occurred when parts have been reused from a crash plane where there, where there has been loss of life? Yes. Is that a common occurrence? Not exactly, no. It has to be a very traumatic death for the people involved, so it doesn't happen too commonly. It's usually when the people feel more responsible for the deaths of others or have a very traumatic death. Changing subject to the Boeing B-29 Superfortress located in the Castle Air Museum in Atwater, California, how did Raisin Hell get its name? Basically, they just found an interesting name, so it was creative for them and they thought it was funny. 
While still at China Lake, did one of the three planes that became Raising Hell have a heavy pressure bulkhead hatch with broken hinges bang open and shut multiple times all on its own? Yes. Why did the Raising Hell disturbances grow more varied after its restoration, including hatches opening and closing all by themselves, landing lights operating by themselves without bulbs or power, propellers slowly moving all on their own, knocking being heard in the fuselage, as well as a co-pilot window mysteriously opening and closing. Because of the alterations in the aircraft actually affected the energy, you could say. So it was easier for the different ghosts or apparitions to mess with the technology once the parts were changed out. How did a worker have a wrench handed to him when alone in the cockpit with nobody around to hand it to him? Someone was trying to be helpful and decided that a ghost-like figure would assist him in the cockpit as he felt like he needed help. Why was a strange solid light shadows being seen moving around inside the cockpit? Is it a ghost that has been named Arthur? Yes, it is. Can you say anything about Arthur? Arthur is just trying to help out. So Arthur misses flying and has decided that he wants to continue flying and helping with the different flights. Have nearby, have a, has a nearby building suffered from strange battery failures and unexplained power outages? Yes. Which one of the, the three original planes is instrumental to the reported events? Is it the tail, the wings, or the fuselage? The fuselage. Why are these disturbances happening? Just because the ghost Arthur wants to be helpful, but he doesn't realize how he can be unhelpful. So the energy of the ghost is actually affecting the electronics and making a strange things happen. So he's trying to help the people, but instead he is hindering them in the process. Is it just Arthur or are there other entities that are pitching in? It's just Arthur. What could be done to put Arthur at peace? To talk to him and basically show that they understand that he is being helpful, but it is probably better that he stops affecting the electronics and parts of the aircraft. So to explain that they know Arthur is there and they acknowledge his presence, but he's also allowed to be there as long as he doesn't mess with anything. Earlier, you mentioned more than one ghost or entity as a plural, but is it only Arthur that is that is there? No, just Arthur, but Arthur can move through one plane to the next to the next. So it's just one entity, but it acts as doing multiple things, which makes it look like entities, plural. I don't think we got time for another question before the break, Justina. Uh, we got a couple of minutes, so could you lead us into the break? Yes, before we go into the break, I'll mention our Facebook page at Too Good To Be True, with the first two spelled T-W-O. So visit us there at our Facebook page, and we'll continue after this short break. And you're listening to Too Good To Be True with Justina Marsh and Pete Marsh on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xcbn.net.
are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. Christopher Fulton is a survivor of the National Security State. All he wanted to do was preserve history when he acquired a Cartier watch from the estate of President Kennedy's personal secretary. But that simple act set off a terrible chain reaction. He was pursued by the U.S. Justice Department and the FBI, thrust into the middle of the U.S. government's Assassination Records Review Board, even monitored and pursued by the Russian government. All because that Cartier watch was the missing link of evidence, a timepiece worn by JFK that fateful day in Dallas, a link resulting in Christopher being incarcerated and attacked for nine years because he opened a hidden chapter in history. The intriguing journey outlined fully in Christopher Fulton's memoir, The Inheritance, is available now through Trinday.com or Amazon.com. The Inheritance, Poisoned Fruit of JFK's Assassination by Christopher and Michelle Fulton is a must-read, an incredible tale of how easily our own government can overrule justice. The Inheritance, Poisoned Fruit of JFK's Assassination. Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. And before the break, we are going through the questions and psychic insight about haunted aircraft. So, Dad, can you please continue with the questions? Yes, I will. Thank you, Justina. Changing subject to the strange aircraft sighted over Derbyshire, England, what were the two grey, old-looking planes flying strangely and frightening low to the ground and making no noise? They were imprints from a previous time. Did the official response have any basis in fact that there were two Hercules C-130s on a training exercise from the local Air Force base? No, that had no basis in fact. What did the first of the four eyewitnesses see when it was reported that the first aircraft flew past and then banked over looking like it was going to crash while the second aircraft flew past with both vanishing? They saw an imprint of a real-life event that happened a long time ago. So these aircraft are imprinted with their energy. So they were witnessing something that had happened in the past. So all the, so all the eyewitnesses basically saw the same imprint? Correct. So that was the reason why no noise was reported by at least two of the eyewitnesses? Correct, and that's why they disappeared out of nowhere, because the imprint stopped. Have similar sightings to those reported in 2018 been regularly reported in previous years? Yes. Do these sightings with the planes vanishing always occur at the same time of the year? Yes, they do. On March 24th, 1997, almost exactly 11 years before the 2018 sightings, was an aircraft seen crashing into a moor? Yes, it was. Was no wreckage or trace of an aircraft found, even though 100 search and rescue volunteers and police were assembled? Yes, that's true. 
Does the Douglas Dakota that crashed in the area approximately 70 years ago have any connection with these sightings, with the sightings of the two ghost planes over the following years? Yes, it does. What is the other ghost plane that is sighted with the Douglas Dakota? That's a plane actually from a few years before the Douglas Dakota. So they didn't actually fly together, but their imprint is together. Had both planes crashed? Both planes did crash eventually, yes. So the second plane did not crash away right away, but crashed later on on its journey. And the reasons that they were both together is that they are so high energy imprints. So they are basically stuck in time, you could say, where the energy is so great that it's just kind of stuck where it is. So just to be clear, an imprint is a res residue energy that can be interpreted as a ghost, but it really isn't. Correct, 100%. Changing subject to Lady Be Good, the World War II Liberator bomber. How did the crash occur in 1943? Had the crew overflown their base in a sandstorm? Yes. Did the crew bail out and then try to walk, th walk through the desert to safety? Yes, they did. How was the Liberator bomber so well preserved that when found in 1959, it had functioning machine guns, a working radio and a thermos of tea still drinkable? Basically where it landed preserved it. So the sand and the conditions actually preserved it into time. Why did some aircraft with reused parts from the Lady Be Good develop unexpected problems, including a C-54 that had to throw cargo overboard to land safely? a C-47 crashing into the Mediterranean, and a DHC-3 Otter that crashed into the Gulf of Cedra, with the armrest from the Lady Be Good being washed ashore. Basically, the parts from the plane are associated with negativity and bring that to whatever aircraft they are put into. So using the parts from this plane is not recommended, since it just brings bad luck, you could say, in a more negative way. So a ghost or an entity was uh, associated with the reused parts was instrumental in the destruction of at least two aircraft and the near destruction of another. Yes, that was associated. How did this ghost or negativity get associated with these aircraft? It was more of a side of a ghost, more of a negative entity. So it was associated with the first crash happening with the original plane, where it just kind of clung onto the aircraft. So it is not one of the people that was on the aircraft instead of it's a negative entity, so something bad. So nobody on the Lady Be Good is blaming themselves for what had happened? No, the entities that we would actually call them people, not entities. All of those people who are on the plane are fine and have passed over. What could we learn from Flight 401, the B-29 Super Fortress raising hell, the ghostly imprint planes over Derbyshire, and the Lady Be Good? Basically, that there's a lot of information that people still do not understand about the association between people and objects, and even people and what they pass on in. So there's a lot of misunderstood about reusing parts from different aircraft or different places that have been in tragic accidents. So it's recommended that if a plane does crash, not to use these, reuse these parts. One, for safety, and two, for what they are associated with. So sometimes when people are believing that something has bad luck or is associated with a negative event, sometimes they are afraid that it shouldn't be used again. And in regards to a lot of these situations, the ghosts that are present are just trying to help. So they are not trying to harm anyone. Instead, they are just trying to help. 
and basically try to make what they believe they were responsible for right. That was the last answer. Are helpful ghosts associated with aircraft too good to be true? That depends on what you are prepared to believe. Starting with Eastern Airlines Flight 401, reusing parts from crashed aircraft was, was news to me. Apparently, there are a lot of variables besides the condition they are in. There is traceability with records back to manufacture, hours in service, how critical the part is to safety and so on. I can understand why even in tragic circumstances that parts are not thrown away that could be used again as long as they are safe. But the major takeaway for me was that so many airline employees came forward with accounts of ghostly encounters. For example, flight attendant's main job is to ensure the safety of passengers and not to just hand out drinks and snacks. So providing details of a paranormal event might result in being found unfit to continue working. I like the way that the two Eastern Airlines and uh, Airlines Eastern and TWA quietly retired parts until the helpful assistance of Bob Loft and Don Repo ended. There is a 1978 Hollywood movie, The Ghost of Flight 401, with a well-known cast of actors based on a 1976 book of the same name by John G. Fuller. However, it is claimed on a major movie database that no parts from Flight 401 were ever reused and that the book is a hoax. The book is currently available with good reviews, including praise for all the technical detail. The DVD of the movie is only available from specialist outlets, so there are probably not that many DVDs still out there. That just goes to show that you have to make up your own mind and look in lots of places. I believe that the multi pilot malfunctioned and it wasn't pilot error, but how could an accident investigation of a plane that was so badly damaged be so certain. However, I came across a review of the movie on a movie channel website. I think it makes interesting reading. Quote, I know the plane landed in the glades, crashed, and I had believed that this was all real and that the airlines did everything possible to keep it from becoming available for us to buy. A really weird, weird thing happened as I recorded it from, from, from TV. Each time some kind of incident occurred, there was a commercial right after. Well, since I stopped my tape instead of pausing it, the tape rewound a bit and somehow raised all the weird stuff. Weird. I've been trying to get a copy for some time now. Any suggestions? Unquote. That's a bit weird. Was that the end of the reviews? Another reviewer on the same movie channel website claims that he had friends that were to Eastern Airlines in Miami and that they all knew and that they all knew about the ghost stories. The reviewer also claims the Eastern vice president, who was reported of having the conversation with the ghost of pilot Bob Loft, threatened employees with dismissal if they mentioned any ghost stories because he didn't believe in ghosts. But at the same time, the reviewer makes a point that the same airline based vice president made sure that the planes that had ghostly appearances associated with them were sold to another airline. It sounds like the story of Flight 401 isn't going to go away. I think before we close, we should mention Arthur at the Castle Air Museum in California. Apparently, Arthur just wants to be helpful. Maybe somebody should talk to him and thank him for his efforts. But at the same time, he deserves his retirement. It could be that the museum attracts more visitors with Arthur to talk about. So however you look at it, Arthur deserves some recognition. 
The interesting conclusion about all these stories is that these stories actually make the airlines a little bit more popular. So some of these airlines, people wouldn't really know about or these stories if there wasn't ghost stories associated with them. Yeah, I guess it's a little bit worrying that uh, Bob Loft and Don Repo had to help out so much. I would hope that uh, their help wouldn't have been as needed. Um, so uh, maybe when you fly a lot, you, you get too wise and know what's going on. I think the other interesting point we brought up, too, is that flight attendants do a lot more than just pass out our snacks. So let's thank all the flight attendants and pilots out there for keeping us safe while flying and making sure that ghosts do not take over any aircraft. Yeah, it's a huge responsibility, and I really appreciate their training, dedication, and hard work. But on that subject, Justina, maybe you could ask for some ideas. Yes, so if you have any suggestions about future shows, you can contact us at Too Good To Be True on Facebook with the first two spelled T-W-O or our website at TooGoodToBeTrue.net. And if you want to contact us, we will include your name in a shout out at the end of the show. And as always, thank you so much for listening and we look forward to next week's show. If you are looking for a safe, zero-calorie, natural option to the harmful artificial sweeteners on the market today, Just Like Sugar is what you're looking for. Just Like Sugar is a wonderful natural alternative for those health-conscious people who choose a calorie-restricted diet with a great, pure, sweet flavor that tastes just like sugar. Just Like Sugar is a great natural option for people suffering from diabetes and may be useful in restricted diet programs where standard sugars are not allowed and does not cause a laxative effect of some other sweeteners. Just Like Sugar comprises a perfect blend of chicory root fiber, natural calcium, natural vitamin C, and Just Like Sugar sweetness comes from the natural flavors from the peel of the orange. Just Like Sugar is a natural alternative to harmful artificial sweeteners and will change the way that you believe all natural sweetener products taste. Just Like Sugar is available at your local Whole Foods markets, Wild Oats markets, Henry's, Sun Harvest, and many other fine natural food stores in the U.S., Canada, and worldwide. They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. You have heard of the X-Zone? 
Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like Exxon, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today.